do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight, pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field early in the game? I don't know. You're going to ask him because he didn't finish the game. Ice up, son. Ice up. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor is now in. Yeah, Hour number two here on this Tuesday. T.C. Martin with you. And again, keeping a very close uh, watch and eye on the situation with Damar Hamlin in a Cincinnati hospital. The hospital says we're not going to get any uh, further updates uh, today. And uh, as we know, as of right now, he is uh, still sedated, is listed in critical condition in the intensive care unit at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. All right. uh, Hour number one featured uh, our resident, as I like to say, our doctor, uh, Christina Madison, uh, who does a fantastic job. We've had her on for a long, long time over the years, and she does a fantastic job uh, no matter what it is. And uh, great stuff. Have her on today and go back to the website and hear that up uh, a little bit later after the show is uh, over today. And of course, you know, you can follow, find the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Twitch, or wherever you get them uh, up there as well, too. But of course, go to tcmartinshow.com for all of the information there. All right. Uh, again, the NFL makes a statement uh, today. The NFL continues to be in regular contact with the medical team caring for DeMar Hamlin, also the Bills and the Bengals organizations, and the NFL Players Association. After speaking with both teams and the NFLPA leadership, The NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell informed the clubs today that the Bills-Bengals game will not be resumed this week. Uh, The NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular schedule, and they will continue to provide additional information as it becomes available. That is the statement from the NFL, which uh, we got a few hours ago. Again, updating the situation that we've been talking a lot about today the Monday night football game last night with Buffalo and Cincinnati where Bill safety DeMar Hamlin made a tackle on Cincinnati wide receiver T Higgins. Um, they had a collision and uh, after getting up, he fell backwards, collapsed. And, you know, after the play, several of the players just walked away, didn't think anything of it. But then we saw, you know, when, when DeMar Hamlin collapsed, uh, was laying motionless, uh, the medical team there, on the Bills sideline, as well as the, the Bengal sideline paramedics, they came onto the field and uh, ushered CPR onto uh, DeMar Hamlin. His heart uh, stopped beating. They revived him, got his heart pumping again. Uh, medical personnel did a fantastic job there at the field. As uh, he laid on that field for 10 minutes, he was then put into an ambulance and taken to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center where he's been in the intensive care unit since last night and uh, is today, still is, listed in critical condition. He's on a breathing ventilator, and uh, he was uh, sedated last night. And uh, the reason for that being so that they can do proper testing on him once the heart and the brain goes through a cooling-off period, is, is which they're saying, and they usually do that for about 24 hours 
And uh, so they want to be able to do further tests and to see if he can breathe on his own. And they're going to be very careful when they uh, take him off that breathing ventilator to see if he can breathe on his own. So DeMar Hamlin is 24 years old. He's a six-round draft pick from the Buffalo Bills at the University of Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin had some nice words today. He had known DeMar Hamlin since uh, 12 years old. So good stuff there for Mike uh, Tomlin today. So, again, appreciate Dr. Christina Madison joining us in our number one and uh, talking about, you know, this condition. And this condition is not meant just for football or athletes. It can happen to anyone anytime. Basically, when you have that impact of a hit, um, collision on your heart at the exact time where, you know, the heart is a rhythm. And if it gets in a certain rhythmic form, a hit like that can cause you to lose consciousness and um, it can be fatal. And uh, luckily, the medical personnel did a fantastic job um, saving the life of DeMar Hamlin, at least for now. Okay. Aaron Rodgers had this to say, talking about the incident last night with DeMar Hamlin at Cincinnati. As much as there's rivalries and there's distaste for certain individuals that you play against and there's bad blood, at the end of the day, there's one thread that connects all of us, right? And it's that we know that we are the modern-day gladiators, right? We are providing entertainment for the masses and doing something we love, but we're also putting our bodies and our future health on the line. And I think that's one thread that connects all of us, that we have a respect for what it takes to go out on the field and play and the, the attention to this being a 365-day-a-year job and the stresses of physical health and mental health and emotional health that it puts on us, and that we put our bodies on the line because we love doing it, because we love competing, and we enjoy providing entertainment for people. But at the end of the day, you don't think these type of things are going to happen. And when it does happen, everything is thrown out. A rivalry, uh, distaste for a certain team, whatever it might be that might separate you a little bit, that's all gone when it's one of your guys. And I, and I, I you know, the three of you on the show, obviously you've all played, and I think we all feel the same way, whether you, you know, you're currently playing or, or, or done playing, like you're shook about this because you just never thought you would see something like this on the field. It's bad enough when you see a guy getting carted off, right? That's like, that messes with you. Or you see a guy take a really bad concussive shot, right? And you're like, man, like, I don't want that to be me. Like, am I going to be able to have my cognitive function that I want at 50 and 60? And, and, and what am I, what kind of risk am I really setting myself up for? But this kid's 24 years old, right? That is uh, Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee Show talking with Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk. Uh, A.J. Hawk, uh, former teammate of Aaron Rodgers there uh, in Green Bay. Well said by Aaron Rodgers. Well said and well thought out. And NFL players are gladiators. They're there for entertainment purposes. Fans get wrapped up in seeing the violence. And then again, it all gets brought back to you when you see someone fall, I'm old enough to remember Daryl Stingley, the New England Patriots, Jack Tatum's hit. I'm old enough to remember Mike Utley, 
watching the game, seeing him lie down on the turf in Detroit, lay paralyzed. Both of those guys, Stingley and Utley. You know, there was a death back in 1971. A Detroit Lions player actually died on the field. So when you see something like this happen, um, I've told the story before where I don't know if I'm the only guy that has this distinction, but it's not a good one to have. As many of you know, I've done a lot of ring announcing and boxing, professional boxing. Three matches that I have done, a boxer has died um, in the ring or as they were taking him to resuscitate him back in the locker room or on the way to the hospital. Uh, Scary thoughts for sports fans or just people in general to witness these type of things. And when I was watching this last night, it looked like a traditional modern day tackle hit. wasn't a wrap-up tackle, but it was a semi-violent collision. But nothing that, you know, we were, we've seen targeting calls, another thing I got, not that blatant, but it was just a collision with a shoulder into the chest and DeMar Hamlin went down and then saw him get back up within three, four seconds, he collapsed and fell backwards. He's fighting for his life right now in that hospital in Cincinnati Hopefully, he will be well, like we said, currently is sedated right now. We mentioned Mike Tomlin had some words today because he's known DeMar Hamlin for better part of the last 12 years. Here's what the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach had to say. Uh, before I open up for questions, I'll, I'll say this about uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher. And, and that young man, being a Pittsburgher, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being. Um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL, and to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization. Um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons, and he and I get to have a moment um, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now, but to to know them since they were younger people, and to to watch their maturation, their development, to watch them um, you know earn what they've been chasing. Um, it's just really a, a cool thing, and he's an example of that. I got a lot of love for that young man. We lifted here him and that organization up in prayer, um, reached out to Sean McDermott to lend whatever assistance I could. Um, but um, I don't have a lot to add other than that. Um, I just respect the fact that you guys appreciate how personal it is for for me, not only for me, but just for all of us um, as people that, that thrive in this space. Um, that's not obviously something that you ever want to see. Mike Tallman, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, talking about uh, DeMar Hamlin. And this is a fraternity. It is a brotherhood, whether it's players, whether it's coaches, whether it's executive personnel, whether it's alumni of the NFL, uh, everyone uh, concerned. Um, you see the donations that are piling in right now for DeMar Hamlin. He has a toy drive 
there in Buffalo. You know how passionate those Buffalo Bill fans are. Over $4 million has been donated, you know, to um, his cause and his foundation. Nearly $5 million. It just continues to grow and see NFL teams. We see NFL players that are donating. Tom Brady donated $10,000. Washington Commanders donated 5000 <laughs> Everyone is, 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 is reaching out, uh, in the support. And more importantly, they are all, uh, saying prayers, um, for their NFL brother. So again, we'll continue to update. All, all of that on Damar Hamlin. All right. Uh, we continue on here and, uh, Chuck Esposito joins us over at Red Rock and, uh, Chuck, yeah, not, uh, the most, um, I guess, you know, entertaining circumstances to have you on here today. But, uh, again, um, we're, we all watched this last night. I'm very curious, Chuck, as you were watching this thing unfold, uh, we expected to see a highly contested football game. We were getting that. Uh, for about the first, you know, nine minutes of the first quarter here. And then all of a sudden it went from, uh, an intriguing, exciting football game with playoff implications to just scariness, people being frightened while what they were watching here to somberness. Um, curious on, on what your thoughts were as you were watching this last night. They, they were exactly the, the same, T. Um, you know, first, our, our thoughts and, and prayers are with uh, Tamar Hamlin and uh, his family and the Buffalo Bills family and organization. Um, you know, just being a football fan and, and, you know, being part of this industry and watching what, you know, what transpired last night on the field. I mean, I think we all were like, oh, my God, and, and just hoping and praying that um, that he would be okay. Um, you know, it's funny, but we kind of talked about waiting for that thumbs up, too, and I've heard other people say that, too, that you've seen other, you know, players uh, – become injured on the field and you don't always know the the severity of it at, at the time and, and watching it on tv uh, but seeing that thumbs up and, and right now just understanding that he's still in um critical condition you know all i can think about is him and his family and uh, everything else that we do is, is kind of secondary when something like this happens really i i guess you know i'm, I'm looking for a word here chuck and i got, i think the best word is eerie i mean for me it was like eerie to watch and we've seen some violent collisions you know, in the NFL before, but in, in, and this didn't seem like a violent collision, but it was, it was just a hit that occurred at the, in the chest at the heart area. And just, you know, with that rhythmic time where the heart is beating and it just, you know, we thought, okay. And, and when you, when you watch this happen, you saw the players like immediately just, they saw him go down and they just like kind of walked away back to the huddle. Like, Okay, well, he's he's going to get up, or he might need a little medical medical attention. But then, when he wasn't moving, then all of a sudden you saw the concern and the light, you know, uh, switch kind of flipped in everyone's eyes. Whether you're watching at home on TV or the players or the coaching staff or the medical personnel there on the field. Yeah, I think this year, you know, T, when we saw not. Uh, including this injury to Demar Hamlin, but the, the the Monday night, I think it was a Monday night game or a Thursday night game. It was a primetime game to Tua when he went down and yeah, just, Thursday you know, night game. You're the, right. Way, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the way the way he was in that game against and I, the I Bengals, think, I might add, uh, yeah, Chuck. Yeah, I think you know yeah. based on what you, you just said that you know we know that it's an extremely um, you know fast paced, violent sport. Uh, modern day, you know, gladiators um, that you know. Uh, 
injuries are part of the game. But looking at, at those two, it, it, you're right. I mean, it, it becomes really kind of eerie. I think, you know, watching it here with, with Jay and, and in the hub area with, with our team here, we were all so very quiet just kind of watching it. And as they kind of panned the stadium and, and you know, looked at everything, I mean, it was really quiet. You, I think everybody, you know, felt the same way that – Everything else is secondary right now. That our, our heart, our, our thoughts, our prayers, our heart is with you know Demar Hamlin and his family, and just hoping ultimately that now that he's able to to recover and, and walk out of the hospital at, at some point. Um, but I think both those injuries really kind of stood out this season um, as just the, you know the violent nature of, of that sport. Yeah, and it's funny how you bring that up, Chuck, because my mind is, it was racing ever since you brought it up about. You know, the Tua situation, it was a Thursday night game. I remember where I was at. And that game was against Cincinnati and was on the same field. And actually, it wasn't too far from where it happened. I think Tua was like at midfield or the 40-yard line. I mean, it's it's kind of eerie just thinking about that. Same field, same situation. Obviously, this is a lot more dire. Uh, we understand that. But, uh, yeah, it just, just kind of brings light to that. Yeah, again, just both really, really scary situations. And uh, I can't express enough that how our thoughts and prayers and, you know, uh, love is with, um, you know, with the Bills, their organization, Demar Hamlin and his family, and, and hoping that, that there is a full recovery. Chuck Esposito joins us at, uh, at Red Rock and uh, talking about the situation last night with uh, Demar Hamlin, the Bills and the uh, Bengals game there last night. All right, Chuck, let's transition a little bit uh, you know, to the football side, specifically uh, the betting side. Uh, this is a game that I know that you had a lot of action on. I mean, every sports book did. It was the most highly anticipated game of the entire weekend. Uh, it had playoff implications. Um, and hey, they, they were delivering what we thought they would deliver, you know, midway through the first quarter there. Uh, but then, you know, when a game gets halted like this, we understand that from a betting perspective, you know, people have a lot of questions. Uh, different sports books have different rules. They have different scenarios, whether this is a suspended game or a postponed game. You know, does, does the game carry over? Does the game, that's it. It's all bets are refunded because it, it's not going to go. Uh, it's not going to be continued on the, the same day that it was originally played. So I'm sure that you've had a lot of questions with that. So why don't you uh, clarify, uh, you know, for our listeners and, and those betters, on what transpired uh, with the decision for this game? Yeah, you know, I think, Tim, when you looked at this game, first of all, I mean, it was playoff-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at it from the business side only now, I mean, based on the handle, um, you know, the, the atmosphere of the game, um, what we saw come across the counter, um, this was the marquee game of the week. Although it was, you know, the conclusion of Week 17, it was really setting up, you know, Week 18 and what ultimately could happen in the postseason with home field advantage and, and seeding. Um, so there was a, a huge handle on the game. Um, you know, unfortunate with the unfortunate circumstances, I mean, we went to our house rules, which were uh, submitted and were governed by the Nevada State Gaming Control Board. And, and per our house rules, the game will be scored no action and all wagers would be scored a refund. And we did that relatively quickly. We informed all of our, um, you know, properties, um, our, our social and media teams um, to let everybody know and informed our guests as well right away. So for us at Station Casinos and SDN Sports, it was a, a full refund on the game. And uh, which I think is, is the proper decision there, Chuck, under those circumstances. And that's what I'm familiar with. But 
there are other sports books, um, and we'll just keep it to, to Nevada here, but you know, no matter where you're wagering, they do have different rules, uh, you know, with that. And it's funny because you said per Nevada state, you know, you know, the gaming control board and the rules, and then you referenced your house rules. All right. Uh, what? Well, the Nevada Gaming Control doesn't, doesn't necessarily have rules. I'm saying is that Correct. we submit these rules to the Nevada State Gaming Control Board, and we are then governed by these rules. Correct. And per right. our house rules, right. um, the game would be scored no action, and all wagers would be scored a refund. Um, so we were just consistent with what we what we have on file with the Nevada State mm-hmm. Gaming Control Board and what we publicly post in all of our race and sports books. Right. So let me ask you, Chuck, why isn't this a universal rule with all sports book through the state of Nevada. Has that ever been discussed and that, that the gaming control board would like to have the, a, a universal, you know, rule here concerning games T, like this? Uh, you know, you know, for, for us, T, I, I think I just want to comment on us and, you know, at Dage Casinos and SDN sports, what, what we thought, and we spend a lot of time um, kind of going through our house rules um, you know, at, when, at times when we submit them or make changes or modifications of looking at what is the, the correct way and the easiest way for both sides, uh, for our side of the counter, gaming control board, uh, the guest side, to clearly understand, you know, why these rules are in place and how we would administer these rules in the event of anything that's kind of, you know, off from what we expect to happen. And um, so for us, again, we, we've, we've had these rules in place for quite some time, and, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we acted as quickly as possible um, to let our guests know exactly what our position was, why it was, and that it was, again, publicly posted for, for all of our guests. They could see it on the app. They could get a copy in our sports books. Um, at any time. It's on all of our kiosks, again, as well as um, submitted to the Nevada State Gaming Control Board. So we just wanted to make sure that, that again, we were behind this and we let we educated all parties involved um, as soon as we possibly could. Mm-hmm. Chuck Esposito joins us, Executive Director of our Race and Sports with Station Casino Properties. Uh, Chuck, when we look at this game, like you said, we were anticipating it just for, you know, two of the top you know, uh, two of the top three teams really in the AFC. And now the standings are going to be affected here because it's going to be really strange when they come to the seedings here because Buffalo 12 and three, Cincinnati 11 and four. Uh, and if, uh, you know, Cincinnati would have won that game last night, you'd be looking at basically a tie between Buffalo and Cincinnati. And then you got Kansas City there at 13 and three. If this game is not, you know, um, picked up where it left off or they continue playing this game Chuck, which I got a feeling the it might not be. This is going to be a weird circumstance in the sense where everybody else will have 17 games and the Bengals and the Bills will only have 16 games played. And especially when you're vying for that number one seed, which you and I have talked about from the beginning here. Wow. I mean, that's vital because, you know, home field advantage for an AFC championship game in Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati, those are distinct home field advantages, even though you could probably make the case that weather could be, you know, relatively similar in all three of those cities. But, you know, you know, Buffalo really, man, it's going to be a little colder and a greater chance for snow. But how do you see this thing unfolding here? Uh, that, uh, you know, it could come down to just a pure, you know, winning percentage thing. I, I really don't know, T. Um, you know, again, I think it's all secondary again. Um, of course. So, so ultimately yeah. the, the yeah. health of Hamlin. Um, 
I really don't know exactly how they're going to play it out. I know we've talked about it, and again, from the business side of it, um, that uh, you know Buffalo probably making any teams go through Orchard Park and Bill's Mafia is really a difficult task in January. Um, Arrowhead is probably just about as difficult. These two teams played an epic uh, playoff game last year in Arrowhead, arguably one of the best games that I've seen ever um, with the way that game finished last year. So I'm not sure how it's all going to play out. I mean, not that Cincinnati's not a really good home team as well. They're 5-1 and one this year um, at home. All, you know, three teams. Buffalo was on a six-game winning streak, Kansas City four, and, and Cincy seven. All appear to be on some sort of a collision course um, in the preseason. I'm really not sure, you know, what they ultimately decide to do. We know that the game isn't going to be played this week. We know that there are two weeks between the championship games and the Super Bowl. If they were to move everything back a week and, and try to pick up this game, I, I really don't know what the right answer is at this point. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what, you know, the NFL ultimately decides to do. But all three teams are extremely good, talented teams. Probably all three would be the favorite maybe in the Super Bowl, and all three are really good at home um, so far this season. All right, Chuck. Uh, so we've got a lot of hype this week with the college uh, football championship game with Georgia and TCU. I want to backtrack a little bit and go back to Saturday. It was one of the best college football Saturdays we ever saw. Obviously, it was the best uh, two semifinals we've seen since this four-team playoff format. Talk a little bit about the the atmosphere in the book on Saturday and uh, and where you guys were at as uh, both underdogs uh, covered here. Yeah, both underdogs, T, were, were actually um, really good outcomes for us. Uh, just, you know, the crowd, the atmosphere, having the games played on, on New Year's Eve, having that, that second game between Georgia and Ohio State uh, kind of go back and forth the way that it did and look for a long time like uh, the Buckeyes might, might win that game. Um, just as it was getting later in the day and night, the, the standing room only crowd in the book, book was clearly um, Super Bowl-esque here at Red Rock. I mean, it was an unbelievable kind of crowd. I think that all played into, again, New Year's Eve, how close the game was and how late in the evening it got. Um, but I can't remember two college football games that meant so much being played on the same day that were back-to-back with an opportunity to get to the national championship game that were so exciting. If you're a college football fan or just a football fan, that's exactly what you want out of the playoff games. Now they're going to expand the format, and I think that's even going to get more teams have an opportunity. We saw great games yesterday between, um, you know, USC and Tulane, the way Tulane came back in that game, uh, the early lead for Utah, and then Penn State, you know, ultimately winning that game. So college football now, from an entertainment standpoint, competitive games has been phenomenal. I know the early bowl games, we had a, a lot of question marks about kids, you know, opting out, entering the transfer portal, that these weren't the same teams you saw you saw at the end of the season, but we clearly saw over the last, you know, week some phenomenal uh, college football games played. And if you're a football fan, those were just great games. Can hardly wait for Monday night too, Chuck. And Georgia and TCU, uh, Georgia a 13 point favorite. Total around 63 is the number here. Um, a little bit surprised that this number came out this high. On Georgia, considering we know that, um, that fans and, and maybe even bookmakers, they kind of, you know, base everything off the last thing you saw. And what we saw here was Georgia was, uh, you had to do everything they, they could to, to escape with a victory, despite them being the number one, uh, you know, team in the nation. But then you saw the way TCU really handled Michigan for the most part, put 51 points on the board against the Wolverines. It seems like a rather high line. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, it's actually come down a little bit, T. Uh, I think what was surprising for me, uh, you know, we, we talked about it internally. I, I thought, you know, Michigan had a huge advantage in the trenches, but that TCU of all teams, I mean, they weren't even a ranked team before the season started. And you think about it, we had them at 500-1 to 1, um, in September. So, I mean, you know, there was one ticket out of them at 500-1 to 1 for $25. That person definitely has a big smile on their face right now, I'm sure. But, you know, they were a team that wasn't expected uh, to be as competitive and be in this position. Like, Mad Max has done a terrific job. We thought that, you know, of the four teams that were in it, they probably could be the loosest. They could be the most creative. They could take more chances because nobody expected them to be here. I think they got out from the jump, played extremely well. They showed Michigan that we can compete with you. Um, and, and they really, you know, played so good in that game that you wonder how they got beat by Kansas State. On the flip side, what, what, what surprised me for Georgia was, uh, was that Ohio State was able to score as many points as they were. You look at Georgia's team last year, and they just did not give up anything um, defensively. Um, so if you're a TCU fan, I guess you look at this and say, our offense with Quinton Johnson and, and Max Duggan can be explosive, we can be creative, we can score from anywhere on the field, and maybe just with what happened against the Buckeyes, you, you, you've got some tape now, and you feel a little bit more confident maybe than you did or teams did last year because Georgia's defense was so um, you know, overpowering, so dominant, so game-changing. Uh, they still got a bunch of you know, NFL guys on that defense who we know will play at the next level, uh, but maybe the Ohio State, you know, the way their offense played, gives TCU just a little bit of hope. Uh, and again, we've seen this number start to trickle down just a bit. I anticipate we're going to have just as an exciting game as we saw in the two games on Saturday. I hope it, it turns out that way, Chuck. And if it does, then that means that TCU uh, betters will be cashing in, uh, you know, taking those points. But uh, again, right now, these two teams, they kind of look like mirror images of each other. I know Georgia, you know, they've got the swag, they've got the defense, and uh, that defense didn't show up for a lot of that game uh, against Ohio State. But I don't know, man, as we know. Things can change week to week. I just hope we get an exciting game, which I kind of got the feeling that we are going to get on Monday night. Yeah, I hope so too, T. Um, huge college football fan. I loved those two games um, on Saturday. And, I, you know, I think you look at TCU again, they, they could be loose. I mean, they really can. Sonny Dyke says this team playing really confidently and loose. On the flip side, you've got Georgia and that defense, and we know how difficult the SEC is and what they've accomplished the last couple of years. I'm really looking forward to watching this game on Monday. Uh, my guess is we'll have a huge handle on it, a huge crowd. There'll be a lot of props on the board. So, you know, if you have STN Sports, you know, check the app. There's going to be just a bevy of props that you can wager on uh, throughout the course of the game and things that are going on that will really make it more interesting for the better and the guests. Final thing, Chuck, on that game, uh, 63 points. The total here, a little surprised that it did come in at 63 and maybe not higher. And uh, Are you seeing any early action on the total yet? You know, the total actually ticked up just a little bit, T, uh, from where we opened it up. I, I think when you see what happened in those two games and see what happened in the two games yesterday, um, that – Scoring in college football is at a premium when some of these good teams are playing. So <clears throat> at this point, hey, I'll be happy to root for whoever we need in this game. Um, but my guess is we're going to be under fans. Just an educated guess right now. There you go, brother. All right, Chuck, I appreciate you joining us today, especially under these circumstances. Uh, we look forward to talking with you next week, brother. 
All right. Thanks, Pete. There is Chuck Esposito, uh, the executive director of Racing Sports at Other Station Casino Properties. When we come back, we'll dive into a little college football playoff and the look ahead of the championship game from a guy who knows it better than anybody, the head coach, Houston Nutt, next. There's more in store around your door and more of what you're looking for with the Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, reminder, we'll be at the Westgate on Friday. We are Friday home at the world-famous Superbook with our best bets and a whole lot more. Uh, it was great being out there, of course, last Friday and yesterday. So uh, sandwiching uh, a great football weekend on Friday and uh, yesterday uh, with all the bowl games and everything else uh, going on. And, of course, the college football playoff uh, outstanding. So come on by. See the show live 2 to 4 p.m., of course, on Friday at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right. Uh, and it's time to talk a little college football with the one and only the head coach, CBS Sports Network, Houston Nut. What is going on, my man? How you doing, DC? I'm good, brother. Uh, obviously, today is uh, you know a a, a somewhat uh, somber day as we continue to keep a very close eye on uh, Demar Hamlin and uh, very very curious, Houston. If you got a chance to watch the game live last night between Buffalo and Cincinnati, as we know going into that contest, it was one of the most highly anticipated NFL games for the weekend with the uh, playoff implications. And, uh, you know, about nine minutes into the game, we got, uh, you know, just uh, it, it went from a competitive football game to just sheer shock and and, and uh, eeriness, as I like to say. But uh, I'm curious if you're watching it live, and if you were, my friend, uh, tell me what your thoughts were when you, when you saw DeMar Hamlin go down the way he did. Yeah, I was watching the game. And uh, was really looking forward to it, and um, actually saw that play and 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 saw the the tackle and didn't think much about it. Didn't think, you know, as far as the violent hit, anything. It wasn't anything like that. But boy, once he got up and then he fell down, uh, and then what really got me was the faces of the players because uh, I've never seen anything like that. So you're watching the game and and you see the reaction by 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 his teammates. Uh, boy, you know something's very very serious. And uh, man, for uh, uh, I'm just uh, hoping uh, Hamlin. I'm just praying, hoping that he can pull through this thing. And uh, it was just uh, that was a tough tough deal last night. That was really very very tough. And uh, just hope uh, boy everything will turn out. Mm-hmm. As you said, you never experienced or seen anything, you know, like that in all your years as a player and a coach. I guess you know the question here is: I know you haven't experienced that, but have you ever experienced anything that's that was really concerning to you and scary? I mean, we've I know that you've you've seen injuries up close and personal, but uh, kind of take us through that as, as as you're a coach there and you see one of your players either in. In, in, in pain, but in this situation, you know, near death. Right. Uh, you know, you, you always worry about your players, you know, always worry about the heat in August mm-hmm. and, um, always, uh, you know, worried about broken bones and, and, you know, knees and cartilages and torn ligaments and all those things. But, 
as you said, you know, this last night was was much much different. You know, when you when you see the faces of of those players and knowing that that was you know his teammate, uh, their teammate that uh, is sitting there uh, fighting for his life and uh, to do CPR and, and all those things before he left the stadium. Uh, man, what a, what a tough, tough deal. And then I'm really glad the way they handled everything last night. Uh, it wasn't about football last night. You know, it was about, yep. you know, a young man at 24 years of age, you know, that uh, hopefully that he, he's going to be okay. You know, Houston, you mentioned, you know, you worry about the heat in August, uh, especially uh, if you're in Texas or Arkansas or down south or really anywhere for that matter. And, you know, we have heard and seen, uh, you know, players um, – you get, you know, uh, have to go to the hospital or some players have even died with, you know, with, with, with heat stroke or cardiac arrest or, or things of that nature. You know, as a coach, you know, we worried about that kind of stuff when you're going through, you know, those practices, you know, going back in the days, you know, I mean, you're dealing with two a days and you're dealing with, you know, a hundred percent humidity and heat and all that kind of stuff. I mean, how conscious are you uh, as a head coach when you're, when you're going, you know, through those summer practices? You know, I always thought I look back when I was playing, and I thought, man, I'm I'm surprised more people didn't die when we were playing because right. I, uh, I felt like there wasn't there wasn't enough water. A lot of times, coaches say no water, no water. Uh, you can have salt pills and this and that. You know, it didn't seem to add up. But uh, at the time, I thought that was the gospel. That's the way it's supposed to be. But as a head coach, as time went on, and um, we started coaching, you, you gathered more information. They Hey, if somebody we always had a rule: if somebody's not feeling good, hey, we'll 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 finish the run uh, after. Uh, we'll do it the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we, we always felt like we had a good, you know, you you worked them year round with your strength and conditioning coach. Your trainers were always there, so we felt like we had a really good beat on all the players. And uh, but you always worried about, it. you know, you always worried about. It. And what was also that we noticed that uh, a lot of players during the summer. Uh, you know, a lot of times they, they were, they didn't have summer jobs like back in the day. Uh, now it's a little bit more, Hey, you're going to school, you're working out. And so you're inside. Then all of a sudden you hit that hundred degree and that heat index is 112. Uh, Hey, it, it, it can be, it can be tough. And so you always worried about that. You want to make sure they're getting enough water and, uh, you know, you, you always want to take care of, someone's most precious commodity. That's what you told them in the living room. Right. And you t- looked at mother, mother in the eyes. Hey, I'm taking care of your baby. And, uh, well, by gosh, they want to make sure you're doing just that. And so that's kind of, that's the way we felt about that. Yeah, absolutely. As a head coach, I mean, you, you know, you want the fine line, you want your guys in condition. You don't want them, you know, cramping up in third quarters of games, but because, you, you know, you got to be in condition, but then again, where's that fine line that, you know, how much do you can, right. you know, push a player through. So I, I hear you, brother. All right, Houston Nutt uh, joins us. All right, let's talk about the football side and what we saw on Saturday. Uh, simply for me, Houston, it was the best college football Saturday that I can ever remember. Not only did you have the two meaningful games, but, man, they both came down to the final play, and you had excitement. We had tons of scoring. Heck, we had both games had over a 1,000 yards of offense. That's how crazy that was. But uh, let, let's let's talk about both of these games here, and let's start with TCU and Michigan. Hey, you're a guy down there right outside of Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, man. You know what those Horned Frogs are all about. 500-to-1 uh, shot, Houston, 
on the Las Vegas betting board in September. 500 wow. to 1. And we just got off the phone with our good friend Chuck Esposito, the executive director over at uh, Station Casinos. And he said, one ticket got put on them at $25. One ticket at 500 to 1. Wow. So, uh, you know, that, that person's wow. sitting in some pretty good shape right now. But uh, the Horned Frogs still doesn't seem like they're getting the respect they deserve. They're 13-point underdogs come Monday night against the Georgia Bulldogs. What's going on here? Hey, first of all, I want to go back with what you said. I agree 1,000%. Probably the best day of football I've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, in my life as well. Those two games were just outstanding, and uh, all these quarterbacks were were playing at such a high level. But TCU – You've got to give it to Sonny Dykes. You've got to give it to him. Every week uh, for the last three or four weeks, uh, TCU, you'd hear, uh, well, well, they've had a great year. They've had a great year. Now they're getting ready to step into something different. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, we always talked about the physicality of Michigan and how tough they are. The Joe Moore Award winning offensive line. All of those things. But guess what? They're right there. Toe to toe, the physicality of those horn frogs and how tough they were, intercepting the ball and taking it to the house on defense. And this Max Duggan, hey, TC, Max Duggan, this guy's heart is bigger than that Las Vegas stadium you got out right outside <laughs> uh, where you're, you're looking. I promise you, this guy's a fighter, a competitor, a winner. And Georgia, I tell you what. You better be careful now. If if you're thinking about 13 points and uh, they're underdogs and they're not this, they're not that, because Max Duggan, he can run. He can extend a play, and he can use his legs, and he can make things happen. I do wish, though, that the Kendra Miller, I do wish the back, I wish he was healthy. And I wish Darnell Washington, the tight end on the other side, I wish he was healthy because I want them all at full speed. But – uh, I, I worry a little bit about not having that. Those those two backs are really good for TCU, and they're going to need all hands on deck. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is, and it seems like these guys always they step up. Uh, Quentin Johnson, yep. was a, he's a real threat. That play that he made uh, when that would-be tackler thought he had an angle and got him, gave him a little hey, – just kind of a little shuffle and stop, stop on a dime, then take off, and all of a sudden you look up and he's – He's going about 70-plus yards to the end zone. Man, it's just stuff like that. It just blows your mind how TCU plays and how hard they play and how they believe. It's just it's just fun to watch. No, they are fun to watch. And you all the key uh, components of players that you mentioned are, are can't all be game changers, and they're all somewhat kind of unsung a little bit as well, too. But right. Houston, I think that the, this, this game is going to come down to – the Georgia offense against the TCU defense. And I think that's why the number is where it is right now. And even though uh, TCU took it to Michigan, they were in total control of that game. They were more physical than Michigan. And they held Michigan to three for 13 on third down conversions. For me, I always look at that third down conversion number. Uh, To me, it tells the game. TCU was eight for 16. Michigan was three for 13. The question here is, can... TCU, can that defense stop Georgia or at least limit Georgia? I think they can. I, I, you know, every, every week, uh, 
to me, they've, they've proven all year long. I think they can. I think they're tough. I think they're physical. Now, this is going to be a, a, a team that, okay, usually, okay, there's one guy we got to stop, or there's, there's one uh, back we got to stop. The thing about Georgia is they have this stable of running backs. They've got a group of receivers. You know, we're learning the receivers' names as we speak, just like last week. Did you really know about this guy that could fly? Uh, and, uh, Smith? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no. no. This guy is creating separation like no other. He's a burner. I mean, he can take the top off. And so now you worry about him. What about this guy? Then we know about Brock Byers. Even without Washington, Brock Byers, we know he's a weapon. Uh, Mitchell makes a catch. I mean, there's so many guys. You stop, And then it goes back to Stetson Bennett. The guy was pretty – I really thought now, T.C., I really thought Georgia's going down. I'm watching this game versus Ohio State. C.J. Stroud is playing out of his mind. Looks unbelievable getting on throws. And Marvin Harrison, oh, my goodness, phenomenal. I'm thinking Georgia is going down. Yeah. And Stetson Bennett for a long time, for the first time in a long time since maybe Missouri night, this guy's looking average. Yeah. He's looking average. It's not happening. But then all of a sudden, when you had to have him, when you have to make a play and you have to execute, what does Stetson Bennett do? He takes his team down the field and he executes. So that's the tough. Uh, I'm with you on third down, but I'm also the the stable, the the backs, the, the weapons, the receivers. There's so many. And then Stetson Bennett is, is the master uh, a manager that, you know, and I, people don't like managers, but I do. I like when you handle the ball and take care of it, distribute the right way. And when it's on the line, you got to do it. Well, he did it. You're right. And, you know, his numbers really don't bear out. Like, you, you don't look at this guy and say, okay, this guy has, you know, you know, 2,500, 3,000 yards passing. He doesn't have, you know, you know, 35 touchdowns. No, his, his numbers are kind of moderate when you look at it. And maybe it's, again, it's a short passing game or it's utilizing those running backs or, or, or whatever it is. And let's remember both of these guys, Max Duggan and Stetson Bennett, these guys were backups at the beginning of the season. You know, remember that? Right. And that, and that says a lot. And when I was watching this game against Ohio State, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, like, you know what? This guy kind of looking like a backup. And because Ohio State, you're right. I, I thought Georgia was in trouble. And Stetson Bennett did not look that good. Now, again, he, he connected on some plays there in the fourth quarter, that 76-yard touchdown. I don't know. Houston Nutt, he could have connected to that pass because there's no one else on that television screen. There wasn't an Ohio State defender. I don't know what happened there. So I don't know who we give credit to or we put blame on that one. But let me ask you, man. I mean, what happened uh, just to the Georgia defense? Because Ohio State was moving at will, and that's all we heard. We heard Michigan defense, Georgia defense, 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 defense. That defense out the window in both games. Well, that's where C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, let's go back when they were playing Michigan, everybody got down big time. Now, remember, for about 25 days, uh, you got to believe that Ohio State's heard nothing but, huh, didn't do anything versus Michigan. You laid an egg, you're, you're pitiful, blah, blah, blah. Well, C.J. Stroud, I'm going to tell you something, i got a lot of respect for him. Yep. Uh, after that game, I've got all the respect in the world. I can see why 
hey, he, he's going to be drafted. But I have more risk. You want to know what, what happened? When I look really look at this game, uh, it's Marvin Harrison. It wasn't really the running game. It was C.J. Stroud being able to avoid the rush, keep those – hey, the defensive line, well, there was a time where Georgia Bulldogs, guess what? They're tired. They're tired of chasing this guy. And they really couldn't corral C.J. Stroud, and he's throwing dimes. And Marvin Harrison, anytime there was a scramble, if you go back and look, look how he – this guy is awesome. I know he's the son of a Hall of Famer, and you can see it because it's in his DNA. Because anytime there was a scramble – Watch what he did. He he knew exactly the area to go to where the quarterback could see him, and he created this separation that was phenomenal. So you ask me how these guys scored. To me, it's C.J. Stroud and, and the receivers, how, how well they played, but it was Marvin Harris. And, hey, just think now, I still think it may be a little bit different if Harrison's in the game. Now, he, he gets knocked out yeah, or gets hit in the head. So he has some protocol there with, with concussion, but I don't know. I'd like to see what would happen if Harrison's still in the game. Mm-hmm. Houston Nutt uh, joins us, former coach in CBS Sports, uh, talking a little college football championship game. We're anticipating a good one Monday night, Georgia and TCU. I think the conventional wisdom here, Houston, is that, okay, you know, Georgia – they barely escaped Ohio State. You know, they had to hang on and, and Noah Ruggles missed the 50 yard field goal. And, you know, Ryan Day got a little conservative down there and, and Georgia escaped. And I think a conventional wisdom says, okay, Georgia is not going to have another game where they give up 41 points. They're not going to see, you know, Georgia like that. Uh, we've seen some games from them, and you mentioned a couple. The Missouri game. I'll go back to that Kentucky yeah. game. Remember that Kentucky game? They won sixteen to six. Bennett wasn't great yes. that day. I mean, the defense was good and everything. Again, that was Kentucky, and we saw you know Kentucky get shut out in its bowl game on New Year's Day to Iowa twenty one nil. So, can what do you say when people say, well, you know, hey, Georgia maybe had a little off night. No way in the world that could happen back to back weeks. Yeah, well. I can see why people say that, but I, I tell you what, I'd be careful because I, 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 I'm a horned frog believer. I believe in them, and I believe in them because of how their toughness. I believe in them because of their quarterback, Max Duggan, yep. and the defense, the way they played. Listen, I really thought Michigan would dominate the line of scrimmage. I really did win the game. I said, this would be a good game, but. Really, by the end, third and fourth quarter, Michigan's going to dominate with the offensive line they have. That's what I was thinking, even without Blake Corum. And that didn't happen. And so I've got a different respect. You know, it's not a best out of three. It's not a best out of five. And it's it's 160-minute game if it doesn't go to overtime. And so TCU has a good chance, I believe. I, I, I believe that. I believe they will fight. And I know this. I know the Horn Frogs. They believe it. I'm down here amongst them. Yeah. And, and there's nothing but purple, brother. There's nothing but purple right now. And they believe in these horn frogs, and this team believes in each other. I'm with you, man. Hey, that's my namesake. Are you kidding me? You better go and pick me up a purple and white horn frog shirt, baby. That's what I need because I want to be sporting it coming on Monday night. That's my namesake. Let me, drop, let me drop. Let me drop one more namesake on you. All right. My my little brother, Dennis Nutt, is yep. an All American TCU grad. Oh. 
a college basketball All-American, and he played against the five Slamma Jammas and John Contact, <laughs> Bubba Jennings. Hey, I'm telling you, uh, purple, the purple right now is riding strong. I love but, it. Uh, I love play it. Georgia. <laughs> I, I, it's gonna be a great. Look at all those nuts, those athletic nuts. I, they might as well just have a nut hall of fame. I mean, because I mean that family of yours. Are you kidding me? You guys are outstanding. Dennis, I mean, uh, I, Dennis, Dennis is the only one that made it to the NBA. We all thought we were going to NBA or NFL, but Dennis is the only one that really made it. <laughs> I don't know. You got you got you. You got Dicky. You got Dennis. You got a lot of a lot of great nuts there, man. I you know I don't. You sure you guys didn't go to Ohio State to fit in with those nuts and the Buckeyes? I mean, come on. <laughs> We don't like those nuts. I don't like those nuts at all. I I, I like the those Arkansas Texas nuts. That's what I like. There you go. There you go. Oh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. What's the, what's the plan Monday night? Where are you going to be, man? I'm gonna be right here okay. in Kenny, Texas, yep. in my room with my popcorn, <laughs> and want to be watching this game from start to finish. Wait a minute. You said popcorn. Now, come on now. We yeah. we got to have a little main course now. What are we going to have for that main course? You know, I'm going to back off a little bit. That barbecue's been a little heavy on me. And they're not, <laughs> hey, we've been giving them way too much publicity for us, for them not to throw us some free ribs every now and then. So I'm going to back off a little bit now. We're going to we're gonna go maybe a burger, go a little light. We're going to go a little bit lighter. I understand that. I understand that. Mm, okay. Hey, maybe some frozen custard might be good for you. Huh? How's that? Get some- Frozen custard at the Freddy Burgers sounded pretty good to me. <laughs> there it is, brother. That's my guy, Houston Nut. All right, my man. I appreciate you. And uh, I don't know. I just don't be surprised. I may want to reach out to you and just do a whole uh, a little roundtable, quick little prediction to give you, you know, six days to to kind of really, you know, fine tune uh, the prediction. But you and I are on the same page. So I might reach out to you next Monday. I'm just going to give you a heads up right now before the game and uh, get that final prediction. But you and I. We're we're both uh we're both smelling purple right now. We're tasting a little purple, a little purple drink. That's what we're doing. That's it. That's it. Take care of my brother. All I appreciate right. you. Hey, there it is, Houston Nutt, uh, the old football coach at Arkansas, Ole Miss, Boise State, Murray State, and of course over at CBS Sports. All right, I want to thank uh, our guests uh, today. Of course, uh, Houston Nutt for joining us, Chuck Esposito at Red Rock and Station Casinos Properties. Dr. Christina Madison uh, join us in hour one um, talking about the situation with DeMar Hamlin. We will continue to update uh, that for you. And uh, when we reconvene tomorrow at 2 o'clock, uh, hopefully we have uh, some other good news regarding uh, that situation. I appreciate everyone for joining us uh, today. As uh, we continue on, we'll be back at it again tomorrow. Trevor Maddich will be joining us. We start previewing more of the college football national championship game week 18 in the NFL. And uh, we'll dive into all that. Uh, Be good. Take care. Remember, wherever you get your podcast, go check out today's show, any of the past shows. And then, of course, go to the website where the Houston Nut interview will be up there. Dr. Christina Madison, everything else at tcmartinshow.com. Have a great day, a great evening. Catch you tomorrow at 2.00.